what have you. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We're going to go get ourselves a Diet Coke. That's what we're going to do. We're driving. We're buckling up. We're, we're just, off. but what's really important is that we all notice that we're podcasting, <laughs> which you might have thought we died. And something interesting that has, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Facebook just um, updated itself or something. Mm-hmm. But if you've, re- if you have messaged us lately... You probably have gotten a bizarre auto response that I don't know. Facebook, I just keep seeing that we've responded with, thank you, we have received your message and something. It's a real, like, a form letter response that people are getting, which I thought is nice, um, given that we've been incommunicado. (laughs) I thought it was good that we have a robot take over our messaging as well. Well, I keep getting an ad, which I find to be an interesting thing. Um... Social media is convinced that not only do I have a blog, but that what would I would prefer would be if I could blog it on Facebook oh. to write it for me. Ooh. Yeah, and it was like in a tenth of the time you could have a robot write your blog. And I bet I bet a robot <laughs> blog would be nothing but joy. And well, you know, like, it's who, it is really weird because who wants to read something a robot came up with. Sometimes those those targeted, sometimes your social media believes you need something that is such an insult that it is well, pounding you. I just feel like surely, surely there's not an audience that's really, you know, just chomping at the bit for Lurking more, for, for robo-blogging. For robot content. But also, I haven't felt like there's a real audience for female urinals, but nonetheless, it's been marketing that hard to me. And you can't figure out what you're supposed to do to try to say, I'm not interested in this. Please try, please do something else, you know? Please well, stop showing me this. Like, I, and the reality is, probably what happened is the first time it presented it to you, you took a gasp yeah, you, you took, took a gasp of it like what is yeah. like yeah. and then they're like they're interested push harder push harder <laughs> and i'm just i'm just not interested and i just can't no, figure out how to but, get out of that loop but maybe we could get some robots to fill in for us in these off weeks you know a robo podcast sounds <laughs> oops i stopped for one person and not the next yeah. um yeah, robo podcasting sounds like something we could get uh-huh. done, uh-huh. doesn't it? Yeah, maybe yeah. we could get some robots to learn our bad. I mean, I'll tell you a truth. Becca lived through a wedding, and oh, not only word. did she live through it, it was a beautiful wedding, happy day, and it's all done and dusted. It's, it's all. It's almost all done. It's done and dusted in that we got through the wedding and we're maybe it's it done. And you're dusted. That's. That's, That's right. maybe it, because there's probably still the some... It was just beautiful, and the Lord was so kind in all of the details, because we had planned an outdoor wedding and reception, and then the forecast was looking dicey, and then the forecast was looking like you couldn't know from one minute to the next what you were going to be in for, and then it was definitely going to be rain, but was it going to be rain right then? And You know, it's just a hairy... T- bit of time there and so Friday morning wedding was Saturday Friday morning we decided we really can't do the reception outside like it's gonna be pouring rain all morning so you can't set it up anyway without having everything sogged out it's just gonna be a mud pit like nobody wants to eat soggy cake and whatnot so we decided to keep the 
ceremony and move the reception inside. And it was a perfectly fabulous call because the clouds held off for that half hour we needed it to yeah. during the ceremony. And then it just it just blasted rain at us during the reception. Right. While we were sheltered. While we were inside. So you just felt like, oh, it worked out. It was perfect. So correct choices were made. The only thing that went wrong was our hot water heater went on the blink for the tea, which meant that the tea was not coming out nearly as fast as it needed to. And it wasn't like they didn't realize it until a few pots came out, like not hot. So if you were there and if you got warm tea, I'm sorry about that, guys. But the, the further pots hot so that was a glitch that, that was, was recovered glitch. from yeah, it was it was the glitch that was like annoying but definitely not a deal breaker yeah people had to have a warm tea and get this it worked they got married they're married yeah that yeah. and that's always the goal i remember because i was sick on our wedding day which when i reflect on it i think it was the lord giving us a little foreshadowing <laughs> of our life together because i had a stomach bug and did not want to eat my cake at yeah. all. And that yeah. that was our early marriage. When I say early marriage, we'd been married, I don't know, 30 minutes at the <laughs> time that we were supposed to cut the cake. And I was like looking at Luke with my eyes big, being like, I can't eat that. I cannot yeah. take a bite of that. And he was like, you're going to have to. And I was like, I don't think I can eat that. I'm going to puke. And he's like, you're just going to have to go for it see what happens so he feeds me the cake and you know what's so funny is that that's just so been our life together yeah. and yeah. Uh, or it feels like it right now right now it right feels now. like you're, McDonald's. I can take your order whenever you're ready you can see we've chosen mcdonald's i'll take two large diet cokes please anything else nope that's it 212 first window uh so then on our when we drove away from our reception he had to pull over for me to puke up our wedding cake in a ditch. <laughs> we left, we left the wedding to great glory. You know what I really did? I impressed my brand new husband with what a good time he was in for. <laughs> but luckily, one of the things I found out early on about Luke is not only is he a man who's not overwhelmed by a situation like vomit. He he can go straight with a brand new wife and tell her she is too gonna eat that cake and that's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was a fuss. It was just like I was like, I'm gonna puke it. He's like, Doesn't matter, you're gonna have to eat it. And I'm like awesome. anyways, that was good times had by us and it was just the Lord giving us a little I know, and peekaboo at what a having, lot of our married life would be like. I was having a real flashback with this wedding to ours because we also had to pull an emergency indoor reception due to weather. So yep, we should have known that that's where we were going to end up. But it was hilarious because we were having our house painted. And we've been on his schedule since last year. And before we decided to do the wedding at our house, I called him and was like would it be crazy to do a wedding here do you think the house will be done by june 11th he was like oh i mean totally absolutely no question at all because no receipt i was gonna be the first one up in the spring and he's like even if you know 
Have a good night. Thank Even you, YouTube. If it takes longer than normal, you should be fine. Well, then we proceed to have, apparently this is the wettest spring ever recorded on the Palouse. So it's been raining it's and been raining a while. and raining. And as of the beginning of and the cold. week. And cold. Yeah, we've gone yeah. we've gone a long time without hitting traditional June yeah. temperatures. But as of the beginning of the week of the wedding, the bottom story of our house was painted white, and the top was still old, bad gray and green. So you could tell that it was ready, so, ready, ready in advance. Yeah. So then he was gonna bring in a hoist for the. Um, that first one. Thank you. And here's that second one. Thanks. Uh, Alright, have a good night. He's going to bring in a hoist to do the upper story. Which he brings in last Tuesday, I think. Drives it into our yard and proceeds to basically blitz the yard right out with tractor tracks because uh, the yard was so wet that it just plowed up huge furrows in the grass, which just me up because it was like and he was he was fantastic he was just like oh my word i'm mortified that that happened there would be no like, way to know, do it because of it was so no, it was so soggy. wet it was like we can either have a half painted house or we can have a churned up yard and those are our options right now mm -hmm. and it was fine because the house was turning out to be really pretty so we needed like a real dose of realism yeah but anyway it didn't matter because we ended up moving that inside anyway and so it was totally great and beautiful, and I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, was and, it, and it all happened. It's just, when I looked that's what up, I meant when I got detoured. I was trying to say that even though I was sick on our wedding, you're like, it still works. You can yeah, still take yeah, vows. It's all right. You can still do it before God and these witnesses, and you can get committed for life while you're was, there. It was really great. So, yeah. And I got a bit stressed there at the final stretch. I didn't perform my best right at the end. Because uh, I was looking out the window and seeing guests arrive. And the wedding was at 1.30. And at like noon to 12.30 maybe. It was it crazy dumping. Like, it was so dark and torrential out. Yeah. So we also were looking at the same mm, sky from mm, our house going like, yeah, ooh, this is looking ooh. like, yeah. wow. Well, Ben was watching the weather app and was pretty sure we were going to get through it in the next half an hour. But then we sent a bunch of guys out with towels, drying off all the seats. And then when the first guests began to I arrive, actually did enjoy that you had guys in these Texas with tails and beach towels, beach towels carrying beach towels yeah. around. Can I just ask what you're doing? I was going to park. Okay. But I'm not going in shopping. I just right. was going to park. Just a choice here. Okay. So, Do you want me to go somewhere else? No. It just felt like we were up and down through the parking lot. We I was were. curious where we were going. Anyway, so, um, so right at the end, like, people started arriving and... I am looking out there. Oh, and we had the, the wedding in the intersection. We live on a corner. So we got block party permits for the two blocks, not the whole block, just our property for the two, two streets. And we put the um, ceremony in the intersection. And then in, in the two streets looking at the intersection, we set up chairs. 
which means that you've got people arriving from four different directions, right, to the wedding. Yeah. So we were going to have ushers out at four different places giving directions. But I look out, and there's, like, people arriving, congregating, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's chaos. Like, nothing, this is terrible. And, but as soon as they got a couple rows seated, then everything was totally fine, because everybody yeah. could see what was going forward. But you have some ushers with some towels, and you've got people sort of standing in knots. Um, and anyway, then it filled up. Take a gander at this yeah, outfit. Okay. There's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It is because it just it's looks a full, like. It's a, it's a face mask, but it's like it covers the entirety of the face right up to the bottom eyelashes. With a black. And then a beanie that comes down to the top eyelashes. So essentially, we're looking at a real. Essentially, just, there's nothing. Yeah, you there's can't nothing. tell. Yeah. But there is midriff. Uh-huh. So if There's you a slice of midriff and a slice whole, of eyeball, your whole head is essentially in a garbage bag. <laughs> you can't tell anything, but no. we can see some of your belly. But then right at the very end, there were so many people there and no empty seats left. And I was like, what have I done wrong? Oh no, I was sure we had enough seats. And then it's just everybody needed to consolidate. And then we were okay. But it was, there was that last minute, like, blah, oh no. And then I looked out there and everybody had their umbrellas up. And that's when I was like, oh, it's fine then. It's like, they all have umbrellas. Yeah. They chose to come and they brought umbrellas. And that's fine then. And then it was fine. And then they, it was beautiful during the wedding. There was no need for umbrellas. It was fantastic. Yeah, it worked out. It was great. It all worked out. It worked. And it was quite, quite lovely. And I liked all the stuff. So that was great. Yeah, it was great. So anyways, we lived through that as a family. We've, I feel like our family, this was a spring for our family that was was more of a to-do than I care to repeat. But I I think, but I I also think it's only fair to say it's probably our average spring for quite a while. Well, no, I told Ben. I was like, I don't think any Merkel wedding. And I was like, well, I shouldn't say it. But I don't think any Merkel wedding will be in quite such a heavily congested major life event spree. And then I was like, I shouldn't. Fake I shouldn't news. Dare I don't know. I. We did everything. We didn't do a divorce. Nobody got divorced. That's no, good. praise the Lord. That's not one of the obstacles. We, but basically, you name another event, we did it. <laughs> we've been we've been plowing through mile markers in life, significant mm-hmm. moments, like mm-hmm. just plowing through those. Yeah. Just, yeah. You and know. it's been a real roller coaster of what you're supposed to feel when about which life event. I think the real lesson has been feel nothing. Just just oh, try to not. I'll tell you though that like I handled Did it. We didn't talk the last time we podcasted we only alluded to all the things that were happening but one of the things that had just happened is that we had that day I think we just didn't talk about it on the podcast. That day we had all been gathering to sing hymns with our grandpa Jim yeah. who was clearly going to be with the Lord yeah. in the next, not very long. And it, and it did happen day. the next day. But that was when we were saying there was a lot of emotions mm-hmm. a lot going round on. about the town. Well, and then, so Judah and Lena were getting, they were graduating. I was speaking at the graduation, 
we were doing the burial for grandpa. We did the burial for and grandpa next. in between the senior assembly and, and their graduation rehearsal. rehearsal. Yeah. And we went to the burial. But we were talking about trying to do the burial the day of graduation. Be, like we were trying to figure that out. And I kept feeling like, I don't think that mm -hmm. I can go straight from grandpa's graveside to getting up and being the speaker at graduation. And I so might I need a little very, bit of a room to breathe. I did. And so we had one day. It was like we did the burial and then the next day we did graduation. But yeah. I mean, that it was a it But was I want to say, since we haven't talked about it on here, that Grandpa, obviously, is a huge, he was a huge part of our lives and a huge part of what is happening in Moscow and why we live Moscow here. Story. Yeah, he's a huge, he was really the foundational, the first generation. And there are lots of people, lots of friends that I know that come, you know, sometimes when people want to be like, oh man, we don't have, you know, we don't have schools. We don't have families that are mm -hmm. built up. We don't have whatever, uh, that it is, that it's like the reminder <laughs> well, it turns out, guys, we're we're here in front of Petco to see people. A couple of ladies struggling with the doors in an amazing They're automatic doors. These two ladies are yanking and yanking. They can't. They can't move them bodily. All right. What I meant though is that a lot of people need to think about not being our generation, not being the third generation in a place who has been serving the Lord faithfully and everything, but thinking about being the grandpa Jim generation, yeah. being the people who put down roots and intentions yeah. and the person who goes out and homesteads. Yes. It's, and that's what and he was. The town builds up around it. And I want to just know? be clear that while obviously death is the enemy and there's a lot of sorrow around someone dying in this case, there is also a lot of triumphant relief. Like we we're very thankful to see, like we knew his race was run. Yeah. You would never wish him back here and in a lot of pain instead of with Jesus. No. Like, and it was so kind of God to carry, you know, our parents were living with him for four years, caring for him. Yeah. And God honored their honoring of him. Like the, the prayer that we've all been asking was that God would let them see him home mm -hmm. from his home because he did not want to have to go right. into a, a nursing facility. And, and it was getting to be a major uphill battle to keep him at there home and to have all the nurses and health, people coming all the time. And it was so much. And it was just such a glorious thing that God let him go home from his home and with his family surrounding him was a wonderful thing. So the sorrow there, it was very much more the sorrow of, of, well, obviously the sorrow of parts of your life passing by like that, that feeling, um, you know, but one of the things I loved, I posted this, I think on Instagram, but one of the things I loved is that that day when everyone knew it was probably down to hours of, mm -hmm. you know, of his life, we have a lot of extended family all here in town. And I went by with well, my kids. I will tell you that at the wedding, I did seating for family and granted it was also for Lex's family, but most of his family's out of town, but still both sides of the family is 75 people. 
And so like that's, yeah. that's significant, you know? Yeah. And then, so it's, it's probably, I think, well, I don't know. 50, I haven't counted so. how many are it's probably uh, in the fifties. Probably either way. It was Just so sweet because ones. I went by with my kids right after school to go. And then Luke came by, uh, we just were going to go see him, but I think it ended up being like five hours from noon to yeah. five yeah. that it was like a open house family. It was just family yeah. coming through. So it would be his grandkids and their kids, yep. his, I'm trying to think who else His obviously his three sons who are here and everybody, yeah. uh, but just singing hymns. Yeah. It was like an open house, five hour hymn sing. Yeah. And that we discovered is how every hymn is about dying. Oh my word. Talk about you sing all look. the old classics, but everyone that you're singing right next to someone who's going to be with the Lord is like, oh this word. is incredibly on topic. Yeah. This is I one of the ones that I thought was just so totally summed up grandpa who was to the end just a faithful I don't know what word, a passionate evangelist. Like he loved, I mean, he was always, yeah. always evangelizing. And then you're singing redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, here we yeah. are singing that again. All of them. It was just really a sweet yeah. it time. It was really, really beautiful. And we rolled straight from that. Into graduation. And just saying, woohoo, college kids now. A party for the graduates. It was just crazy. We're going to have a memorial service for him at the end of this month because we did, we just did a family only graveside thing. So anyways, Zal, God was very kind to all of us and all of the crazy timing and. Yeah. And then we made it through. Those people did not just drive here. I was really. I was really thrown there for a minute that that kid just got out of the driver's seat. Yeah, we shouldn't be in a parking lot. We get too distracted. We are. The Petco but, doors have been resolved. Yeah, they they muscled. If we tried to go in, I don't know if we could. But no, still. I think they were closing. I think those were employees struggling to get the doors I to lock. Mean, who knows if they'll open up again. Um, yeah. But, yep, and then we got through the wedding, and now if I can just get through the cleanup from the wedding, then I feel like... I can call that a wrap, but I'm just, you know, there's a lot of things to dispose of in some way, you know, because you don't really need to keep 65 teapots. So you've got to figure out Why where, ever not? I mean, where will you, where will you dispose of 65 teapots? Mm-hmm. If anyone needs a teapot, let me know. <laughs> You could you could sell them in sets on um like four of your teacups and a teapot. Well, you guys, I did design teacups and have them manufactured and sent here over the high seas, mm. and they are so cute. I actually love them, and I did. I but did those have keep, more made. You? I had more made than I wanted for the wedding. I'll probably sell some because you know uh-huh. there's also only a limited. But if you're gonna keep a bunch of those, you should keep teapots. Because it would be weird of you to keep a million teacups and then... I don't think I'm going to keep a million teacups. Oh. All right. Never mind. That problem is settled. Becca's not keeping them. Mostly because... You know what my vulnerable lifestyle is right now? What? 
having moments where I feel better enough to tap into all the things I need to do, but not good enough to do them. Yeah, that is a And the way that I'm vulnerable is that I keep ordering things like oh. a bike rack. Oh. As though what I'm accomplishing right now is bike organization. Bike? Yeah. yeah. Or then I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. got the new organizational piece, mm -hmm. not organizing anything. I took fabric bins from the storage room because we're getting ready. We're, we're just shuffling up our life here. So I'm trying to clean out the storage room downstairs because we're trying to clean out the sort of apartment area that we have downstairs because we're trying to, so I need to like relocate yeah. things. And so I had stuff that's like in the storage room that just should be consolidated or gone through or whatever. Uh -huh. Like if you're going to need to put more stuff in there, then you mm -hmm. should do that. So I have bins of fabric and I just somehow delusionally thought I'll just go through this real fast and put stuff that I want yeah. and Oh my word, it's been like two and a half weeks of that room. It's just a bomb of stuff yeah. gone off. Mm. And I'm. Yeah. And I will go do the thing where I sit in it for a long time mm -hmm. thinking I'm organizing it, but I'm not. Yeah. You know? Well, okay, so last week, early in the week, um, I was upstairs sewing slip covers for. That's sort of a day bed situation. And the reason I was doing that was because that was kind of a final piece in a longer standing project to get that room sorted out. But it was where we were going to, the weddings at our house, we needed a place for the bridesmaids to get ready. Sure. You don't want it to be in a yucky half finished sure. scene. But I did have this sort of pressing question in my mind. I was like, am I acting irrationally right now? Probably. And somebody needs to do an intervention because it was like, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but when we moved to England and you had to consolidate your whole life down into just a series of 14 suitcases and then we get to the other side of the world and we begin to unpack those yeah. suitcases and I had been quite sure and I had packed three big gourds. <laughs> <laughs> and once big, and once in England, why did I bring a gourd? Well, Becomes I was still feeling like that was a sound move, but I remember Ben's face as he pulled the gourd. <laughs> it's like, what is this? You're and like also, nothing but the essentials. I know. I also took some mason jars, some short Incidentally, mouth mason jars. I feel like jars. yeah. That <laughs> Incidentally, the gourds. That was when I was a newlywed. And somehow we both, we got into that because I g found a big old, like a gourd that was left on the vine so that all the insides rot out. It just is like a yeah. hard yeah. little gourd. But it, they can be like the shape of a pear yeah. Yeah, or, so it's like a big, and you can paint it to look like a pear. Well, mine just look like pears. Yeah. Like, Do well, you still have greener. them? They're in my basement, Rachel. You brought them back and forth oh, to yeah. England. They yeah, came back, they came So forth. they're really fun, though. Like to have, yeah. I painted mine to look like a pear with kind of a blushy side on it oh, and kind of whatever. Oh. And I think I put a leaf on it. Okay. I did something okay. like that. Yeah. But that was the kind of thing that I think, speaking of the things that I, there's a lot that I did as a newlywed that looking back on it, 
Like, I would really enjoy to flash back into my own yeah, life to oh make yeah. fun of myself oh because, yeah. man, yeah. I was I was deep in it with some weird ideas. But I don't think you you should make fun of yourself because that was all part of It was good. Journey, no, it was the know? right. But I remember I painted, I hand-painted curtains for my dining yeah. room, okay. painted a big, um, I had two windows, and I made them valances, and they, like, stri- like flat fitting ones, not uh-huh. ruffled. And I painted big antique silverware on them, like a <gasps> spoon on one and a fork on another one. I forgot about that. They were actually super cute. They it was a red cute. dining room and it was like quite cute. But I, the thing that I specifically remember is that I ricocheted between bizarro extremes in my cooking life because mm. half the time I would be shocked that it was my responsibility to make a dinner. Yeah. Like totally disoriented by how fast that came around because I cooked a lot. I had no problem cooking, but I didn't, I was unfamiliar with the pace. (laughs) I think I would be like, oh, I'll cook whatever. But I didn't usually have to cook again the next meal. Like usually I was giving mom a break. Like I'm like, let me, and there was a backup someone organizing things. And I didn't make anything normal. So far yeah. be it from me to like, yeah, I think we'd been married years before I made just spaghetti. That's hilarious. Like it hadn't yeah. occurred to me, but I do recall making a manicotti manicotti oh. recipe, which I got out of some junior league cookbook somewhere. And it was one of these ones where you make the sauce, you know, mm-hmm. you make the filling you make the whatever but also it was manicotti in crepes whoa yeah so then you're also making the crepes (laughs) so you're making like yeah everything and i remember it because i remember being like well this is delicious and should probably go on the regular rotation and i it was at the same time i had a little kitchen garden and i would like actually go out before dinner to snag a little something to garnish our plates, <laughs> which is all well and good. But my word, have yeah. I garnished a plate in the last 15 years? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like maybe I a plate, but certainly not a weeknight, a weeknight no. feeding yourself of the Jankovic's house does not include a sliced garden tomato well, and fresh thyme on the side of your plate. Get Blair on that job as the garnisher. Yeah, no, but you're right. It was all good things it I was doing. Things, it was yeah. just also, it's also just, I would enjoy, I think I would enjoy looking at it. Yeah. I no, would enjoy for, being like, for oh sure. my word. I know it is. <laughs> You'll get to do it. You'll just get to enjoy yeah. looking yeah, at Belle shooting that's into true. her. Well, and I was I was doing all the hilarious, extravagant things for this wedding that really tapped. Yeah, like I wouldn't the... say that I've gotten over things no. like painting no, curtains. I, I just have done yeah. other things too. No, because I was like, I designed the fabric for the bridesmaids' dresses, and I had the teacups made and umbrellas. You guys, patio umbrellas that are so cute. I can't stand how cute they are. I'm very pleased with those. Anyway, I had those made. Anyway, it was just... Becca went big on the bespoken. Yeah. On As soon as she knew Belle was getting married, she was like, 
This is my golden hour. This is my golden hour. (laughs) For this moment, was I born? I don't think so. I think what it means, though, is it turns out that custom is my love language. (laughs) I already knew that. We've established that from of olden times. I I know. It just... But... Oh, and... And... Speaking of custom... You may recall that I had dish towels for sale from Canon, which are sold out, but I am doing it now myself. I'm just, I'm doing it. I've got those. I reordered the same dish towels, had those made again, two new designs, some napkins, some pot holders. I'm super excited about this guys. So stand by. Be on standby. Bye for dish towels because you probably need some more by now. I always need more dish towels. Like- and I also find that I always think to give people dish towels, even when I know I've only given them dish towels mm-hmm. for forever. Oh, but it's just pot holders. Towels. Pot holders speak secretly to me too, but I don't, I'm not sure why. I was curious about, so I did pot holders, interestingly, in the same pattern as my patio umbrellas. So if anybody needs a pot holder to match a patio mm. umbrella, I can hook you up. <laughs> You probably but, do. I mean, who doesn't need those but, things to coordinate? Well, because you probably need to set your pot holder down to set your teapot on that you're going to set your teacup next to. Under your patio umbrella. Under your patio umbrella. Yeah. That's not going to be me. However, I can help you out if you want. <laughs> but um, what was I about to say? Oh, the pot holder thing. Like, I was trying to decide, and I went with just pot holders, not mitts, because... I never use a mitt. Yeah, the thing is that, like, I dislike it when, because, like, I do have a couple mitts, but they have a hole burned right between the thumb and finger, which means you're actually very likely to burn yourself. Yeah. But, um, they're bulky and they don't store as well, you know? I Uh, use a lot of pot holders, so I always have a big stack of them in the drawer. Yeah. And the oven mitts don't work with that Yeah, the mitts are just too fat and, anyway, so I, I just got pot holders, not mitts. But we'll see, because maybe the universe agrees with each other and not me. And maybe they just feel like mitts are where it's at. But I don't know. I think I, well. I just feel like a pot holder is a little more versatile. But I have a real soft spot for a pot holder, especially that's made out of scrappy old. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about that that I have a really, really cool speaks to me. From Ben's grandma. Mm. that has these really zippy pineapples all over it. It's mm. like bright yellow with red and yeah. yellow pineapples. See, that's where I go. I'm like, and somebody one time, my parents were visiting a church somewhere. Dad was speaking at a church and an old lady came up and gave mom a grocery bag full of pot holders that she'd sewed out of scraps. Oh. And she just apparently did these in a prolific way and just gifted people bags, oh, <laughs> bags of them. But I remember, I think it was just one of those things. It was kind of like, this is what I do with my scrap fabric. <laughs> and I felt like you needed some. And, and the thing is, is I felt to myself, like, I don't know that that's me, but that could be me because <laughs> I can't stop with the pot holder, uh-huh. the uh-huh. crocheted ones that Daphne makes uh-huh. that are like a big it's like a granny square, but it's mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. dahlia kind of on the yeah. front, like a multicolor yeah. big dahlia. And then that, I mm-hmm. love those. Yeah. Chloe weaves me those big ones, the big, um, 
My problem with the homemade ones is that they usually are about 30% too small. You know what I mean? Like, they just We have the, the Harrisville looms one is the 10-inch. It's like the basic potholder loom, but with the all-cotton loops. Oh, and the, and it's a really big one, so it makes big all-cotton ones. so much. And she does them in cute, like, houndstooth and yeah. things, and they're fun. Yeah, and uh, fun. not cheap, though. They are not the chipper chicken. Like, when you get those beginner potholder mm-hmm. things, is like a dollar for a mm-hmm. hundred potholders. But when you buy <laughs> the nice ones that are not mm-hmm. made out of old nylons, yeah. you... Well, I don't have anybody making me those right now, so I had to make my Yeah, own. well, I'm just saying, I have a perpetual tenderness for a tea towel, yeah. a pot holder. Yeah. I just go in for them. I know. Always I'm like excited. them. And I got, okay, so I got, did I show you the napkin? Yeah, you did. Because I'm really pleased about the napkins. I'm really excited about this because it's not the bird's eye weave like I did on the dish towels. It's a herringbone weave. Uh-huh. So we shall see, but I am excited about those. Yeah. And they are totally a ripoff of an old set of plates that I bought in Goodwill and have searched high and I've searched low and I've never been able to get any others to match it. Oh, those are restaurant wear ones, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But the, I've not, the, I've looked online. I've yeah. looked everywhere. I cannot find this yeah. color, but I love the edge on it. So I did that same kind of edge. I mean, it's an edge on our little round plate and I, took it and modified it and made it a square around sure, a yeah. napkin, but it's still a reference to these adorable plates that I can't find for love or money. So, well, I do, um, I, cause I buy things at thrift stores and then I sometimes you go look on like Etsy or, yeah. or, eBay and they don't have any and then sometimes you go look later and they mm-hmm. do have them so you have to keep I've looked for years yeah. well not incessantly but I have looked repeatedly over the course of years and I've What never brand been are they? Are they Shenango it. or are they I don't remember. Buffalo? I have the Shenango ones but yours are it's like a puzzle I we have they're similar cuz I have those dark green ones but you yeah. have the aqua ones I have aqua and it's a really pretty kind of muted dusty aqua but it's still very aqua it's a great color and um yeah anyway yeah. i got a little set and they are so durable like those things oh the restaurant wear yeah, yeah crazy fits right into my lifestyle that's what that does yeah anyways we should talk about something else here i have something okay this is weird actually no i don't think i talked we talked about it last time um this is an, an obscure observation that I'm having. We love those. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I don't know what she's talking about, and I'll start pushing back and playing yeah, devil's do, advocate. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. So, I was, I was suddenly reminded there are two people that I am unfamiliar with except for on the Facebookery. You know, like there, there are people that you see from afar. Yeah. Not, not tight with, not acquainted with on a personal sure. level, but two men and 
I think that if I had to, neither of whom live here in town, if I had to say men who post the schlockiest, most sentimental, sappy stuff, like sort of patriotic posts designed to make you cry, little grandparents' secrets to marriage okay, for yeah. 90 years, you know, but, sure. but really sentimental stuff. Both of whom, I think, have been in trouble for beating their wives. And I was noticing how much that goes together. Like, it actually, it actually always goes does. together. And, and I feel like this is important to notice because you would assume that the wife beater is hard, cruel, mean, and sort of a psychopath. And I'm, I'm sure those guys exist. Like, I'm sure that those guys are out there, you know, like they have no emotions. But this is a problem of a man with no ability to regulate his emotions. Mm -hmm. He's like an emotional bleed out happening. And so... If it's super sappy, he's there for it. But if he's angry, he I was gonna can't say though, stop himself. I either. actually think that the point that I would shift it to, which is an interesting one, because they do always go together, is that the not always, but they can. Is no, I was gonna say that when someone's really soft and sentimental, mm -hmm. there always is a hard edge. Yes, and it's it's the thing that Dad says. Well, not just Dad, but it's not whether, but which it's not mm -hmm. whether you have a hard line. It's, it's which hard line do you have? Mm -hmm. Because that goes all the time that the women who are very soft spoken, sweetie, sweetie pies are always, always. Some of them are the ones that you got to watch out for the most. Yes. And, and sometimes not all the time, but when they lose control, it is so mean and yeah. so harsh and so yeah. ugly. And then it seems like to make up for that, they do a ton more sweetie, sweetie, sweetie stuff. Yeah. Instead of yeah. just, Luke always would say to one of our children who maybe struggled the most with, I don't know that I would say, I don't mean really emotional control, but yeah, kind of, you know, that mm -hmm. he would say, not too high, not too low, right yeah. in the middle. Steady yeah. she goes. Like you are not, we are not whoop doodly doodling way up here. Yeah. And we are not, you know, like yeah. your temptation to do both. And I would say in a parenting framework, that's a really important thing to realize that you actually want your kids controlling themselves when they think something's funny, when they're having a good yep. time, you, you want them to practice reining in those horses. Well, this is what I was going to say. <clears throat> so like when you're bringing up sons, like having an ability to control their emotions, not just their physical appetites or impulses, their emotions, because mm -hmm. like, when they grow up to be a big guy, if you have not taught them to have a rein on their own passions, their own feelings their of own feelings, like they're feeling that they're getting ripped off or disrespected or they're like, yes. just the way they respond but to that. The thing is, is I think that, that like you would tend to see like, Oh, the mean, angry, abusive side. 
is in some way counteracted by the sweet sentimental side. But it's like, it's no, the same thing. It's the same, it's the same thing. thing. It's like, the exact guy, same thing in different yeah, directions. It's a yeah. guy who's just letting himself It's actually like a, a bowl with dough in it that's over-rising. Mm-hmm. And on one side of the bowl, what's hanging out is sentimental. And on yes. the other side, it's anger. Absolutely. But the reality is this is the same problem. But I think that this this goes with some of what we were saying last time in the sort of gentle parenting kind of things, which is that like actually teaching your kids self-control from a young age and yes, not, not just in the sinful things, but like, don't just throw yourself into... So- yeah, Even whatever you're feeling. No, and it's laughing or it's if you're really up or you're really like <clears throat> one of the things this one of our <coughs> one of our um so we had to take a little coughing intermission there. Um one of the things <laughs> cough attack. We were just talking about the importance of training your kids in places like if you're struggling somewhere with a child who's not controlling themselves a good idea to look for parallel places that are not um, emotionally entangled somehow mm-hmm. where you can help them to get a foothold on that particular temptation. Like say that nap time has become a drama llama of epic proportions. Well, look for the places you're letting someone indulge their emotions wildly yeah. that isn't inflamed <clears throat> yet. Like, are you letting them be silly and laugh hysterically in a way that's losing all control or even like in your own self like if you freak out and get angry at people because the house is messy yeah then don't just try to work on it in the moment when the house is messy try and work on that same piece of yourself when the house is clean yeah (laughs) like look for places where you're not in the grip of it right this minute where you can actually yeah, like and we had we had a good example. We had one of our girls who was just very physical, like very just much more inclined to be physical from a young age. And what I mean by that is what like would keep giving you hugs and kisses and hugs and kisses and hugs and kisses for hours. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just where and it was not a low tank. It was like genuinely just it was just a way that she expressed herself. And I just remember like Luke would say, yeah, you can give me a hug, but first I want you to tell me something like you stand here in front of me without touching me and tell me some things about your day and let's talk and let's do this. And the reality is that she desperately needed to learn that, but it, that is the exactly the kind of place that I think ties this whole discussion together, which is that, parents can feel so mean to do that kind of thing like to be like stop hugging me I don't want you to touch me right now stand right there and talk instead of telling me how much you love me you know like say something other than I love you tell me what you've been doing today you know like tell me whatever but because they would feel mean teaching in a controlled and calm demeanor you know like they would feel like that was so heartless and so mean so they don't do it but what they will do is snap on their kid and yell at them to stop touching me like can you not see i don't want you right now you know yeah which which really is 
it's the Brutal. other it, it's horrible and when you're being all too sentimental to discipline and teach and disciple then you are actually the opposite of kind yeah like you're gonna this harshness is gonna come out somewhere else yeah and i think it was that was the kind of thing it was that was a real parenting lesson for us because you would realize if a behavior is aggravating you're responsible to teach them that and you're responsible to teach them how to not do that without being (laughs) aggravated and to find the places where you can teach them that that are not unkind to them like where you can very kindly help them exactly and and i would say that that was no time wasted on our like i just feel like that was a tremendous gift that we gave one of our children like you could make your child difficult for everyone forever yeah Yeah. just because you don't have the nerve right to tell them yeah and teach them and then also the worst part is were you to be exploding at them you make them much needier. Yeah, like you, you, you do create, give them a neurosis. You at create that point. a total vortex of a problem instead of just being like, "Let me help you with this." Yeah, well, this is totally. what we're gonna do. Anyways, all right. Well, that was my just weird a general, observation. General admonitions yeah. to not fall into any of the ditches: the yeah. too sweet ditch or the too harsh ditch, which yeah. turns out to be the same one. Exactly. <laughs> sort of a different angle on it. Different ways of getting in the same ditch. All right, well, until next time, fairly well. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support this podcast and the work of Canon Press, join up at Canon Plus. Just click the link in the show notes, create an account, and have a look around.